Brother, R Brother Rene Ferrer is here. Let's welcome him. He's back. Yeah. All right, Brother Rene. Okay. Bibles over to Ephesians, please. Chapter 5, verse 3 to 20. Uh, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because there are improper these are improper for God's holy people nor should there be obscenity foolish talk or coarse joking which are out of place but rather thanksgiving for of this you can be sure no moral or impure or greedy person such a person is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15 be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we are grateful for everything that you've given to us today, Father God, for last week, Lord, and for the weeks to come. We thank you for all the blessings, opportunities, and privileges, Lord God, that you've given to us. We ask for forgiveness for our sins, Lord. We ask for help, Lord, as you continue to use me as your vessel to deliver your message in this church, Lord God. I thank you for your workers, Lord, the ones that are in front and in the back, Father. Please bless them and protect them. Open now, Lord God, our hearts and our minds as we study your word again. Lord, you are the true teacher. So please, Father, teach us, reveal to us whatever it is that you want us to know and understand. Give us humble hearts and open minds. We commit all these things to you. In your Son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 All right, so uh, we're still in our Ephesians journey. And uh, when you go verse by verse, it's quite difficult when the next verse is something you don't like or you're uncomfortable with. You'll find out when you become a teacher or a pastor because tonight... I, um, our message is about sexual immorality. Yeah. So I entitled it Incompatible. 
Now, the Apple company has mastered the art of marketing, right? Marketing is to sell. It's to understand what will trigger the people to sell or buy, make them spend their money. And Apple has mastered this. Because if you have or have or had an Apple, you know that your old phone chargers, once they upgrade certain cell phones again, they'll change it, right? They'll change from this big thing that goes in your phone to like the small thing now. And then even your headsets will not put in there. You know, it's just, they just keep changing it. And if you don't buy the latest MacBook, uh, certain applications will not work uh, w with you, with your MacBook or your, your, uh, or your laptop. What do we call it? Not laptop. <laughs> they don't call it laptop. MacBook. So they're so good. They're so good. They, they continue to change things up so they can continue to make people spend. Right? That's what marketing people do. And there is this thing when it says, your charger is incompatible, all right? The charger that you're using is incompatible. Same with certain things like food, right? Filipino food sometimes is not compatible, right, with what? On your first date? <laughs> I don't know. Eating dinuguan in front of your American girl that you're trying to get might not be so compatible. You might want to go with the burger and fries first, right? There, there are certain things, you know, you, there, there are certain compatible things that you need to do. It, this is very true in our physical life, right? It is very true, and it's also very true in our spiritual life. So from based on what we read, we will actually only tackle, to my, not to my dismay, but to, to my willingness to really have God really squeeze the truth from this. We're only tackling three verses. Uh, so first, the points tonight, the what, and then second point is who and why. I put that in there because I have a third point, which um, I'll be delivering the next time. So verse 3 reads, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Now, the background again, the city of Ephesus was a large commercial port, okay, in the, in, in the city in Asia Minor, which is the present-day Turkey, located at the mouth of Keister River near the Aegean Sea. It, has a it had a large population in the center of major trade route and in the capital Roman province of Asia. Ephesus was considered the gateway to Asia. Additionally, the city of Ephesus was known as the center of pagan worship as the temple of the Greek goddess Artemis, Artemis and the Roman goddess Diana. Now, the readers of Paul's letter were used to living and, and thriving in a sinful environment. But now they were to be different. That's why Paul wrote this letter, because news came to him that the Christians in, in, in Ephesus were still doing their sinful ways. They were still back in their old sinful life, committing sexual immorality and also so talking about giving out green jokes and stuff. So it's Paul saying there's no place for that. Paul makes a list of things that must not be tolerated among Christians. And he says there, there, quote unquote, must not be even a hint of these sinful practices, Ephesians 5.3. The list includes sexual immorality and greed. 
Impurity includes obscene and dirty talk. Such things are improper for God's holy people. Somebody say amen. And it is out of place. No, verse 4, Paul warns no immoral or impure or greedy person has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Why? Because such practices are contradictory to life in the church and in heaven. Imagine, can you really say that when we get to heaven, we will still give out those green jokes and laugh about it? Right? We can feel in our spirit, in our hearts, in our minds, we can't even imagine that's, that's acceptable. It's not going to happen. But why does it happen amongst us, right? So, if that is the truth there, that's the biblical background, that's why he gave this whole thing. Now, we are saved by grace. I have to say what Paul is not saying. What Paul is not saying that the Christian will walk this life perfectly. He's not saying that. What Paul is saying that if you are a Christian, these things must no longer be part of your life. What does it say again? What is, what, what's it saying? We're, it doesn't say that we're going to do it consistently, unfortunately, because some of us, we will fall into these things every now and then. But what Paul is saying, there should be no more room for that. Well, what it's not saying, because we tackled it in, in chapter 2, is that we are saved by grace, not by works. But what it's saying is, if you are saved by grace, this should no longer be part of your life. It's hard, right? It's kind of difficult to kind of put that together. So we need more verses, right? We need to study more. We need to pray about it, but then, then accept the truth. We cannot focus on the exceptions, what are the exceptions? Well, pastor, you were an unbeliever, and then Anna, who was a believer, you guys dated, and then now you're a pastor. <laughs> so it should be okay that I date an unbeliever because maybe he will be a pastor too. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm, I'm the exception, but that's an exception. Every now and then, God will work. Yes, God will work in mysterious ways. You don't know how God's going to work, but we have to know and we have to focus on the general rule. Don't look for loopholes. Look for loopholes. Go with what is clear. It's clear, right? Surely, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10, that echoes verse 3 of Ephesians 5. Surely you must, not, you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Stop being deceived. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, or extortion, these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. So if you are looking, because you're dealing with somebody who's dealing with the homosexual life, and you need a verse here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Why do you need the verse? Because your argument has no power. God's word has power. Amen? And then sexual immorality. We're going we're gonna to dive into that tonight. As uncomfortable as, as it is for all of us. 
please know that I'm the first one who's really uncomfortable here because my mom is here, my children are here, and, I, and my wife and my father-in-law is probably listening in too. So, but we have to study everything, everything about the Bible. We cannot just say, I just love God's grace and His love. I love that too. But we have to also focus on the things. That God did give us a list of things not to do, guys. I know somebody was in this pulpit before and says, we're saved by grace and there's no more list to do. We, we are saved by grace, but there are things that we need to stop doing and things that we need to start doing because we're new creations. Amen? Amen. John 14, John 4, 15 to 18. The woman replied, remember the woman at the well? The woman at the well, this is the Passion Translation. The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again. This is after Jesus said, the water that I have, you will never be thirsty again. So give it to me, she said. And then Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him here. But I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true, Jesus said. For you've been married five times and now you're living with a man who is not your husband, you have told the truth. This is saying the whole thing was, and we all know it, right? If you know your Bible, you know what happened. The woman has been living in sin with the fifth guy because she has a thirst for sex and company. And she thought that that thirst will be met by men. She has this thirst for company, relationship, intimacy, and she thought she could get it from men, but no, Jesus is telling her, the water that I'm giving you, you will no longer thirst. Basically, essentially saying, it's me who you need. It's me who you need. So if you are struggling with sexual immorality, you need Jesus because what you're going through will not satisfy that thirst. If you are lonely and you think pornography can get you through your loneliness, you're wrong. It's going to continue to make you be thirsty. If you're jumping from one guy or one girl to another because you think you find your importance through them, you're wrong. The one person, the only person that will truly satisfy that, that hunger, that thirst, is Jesus. Amen? So sexual immorality is everything that we all know. How do we know? Look at the world. It's everything that the world tells you. The movies that they have, the shows that they have, right? I mean, it, it, it's hard to find a show that I can really watch with my kids with no sexual impl you know, implied, sexual sex implied or uh, premarital sex implied. You know, one, one time you're watching a show that's about football and all of a sudden it's, about teenagers having sex. You know, there, there's, there's not one rap music that doesn't imply drugs, sex, right? And vanity and everything. So for the young people, I know there's only a few of you here. You, you listen to those songs continuously. What you being, what's being suggested to you is the only time and the only way your life will mean something is if you have those parties that include sex. And the Bible tells you that that's not how sex is because the, God designed sex. 
Just like how the Apple marketers and the designers designed Apple and they know how it's supposed to work and they know what's compatible with their device. They know it, right? You can't argue. I guess you can. We always argue, right? Like, ah, oh, stupid Apple. They should have just not made this. Everything should be universal. No, but that's their decision. Same thing with God. God is the one that, that designed sex. But us, we, are, we have been looking at sex and our bodies in the wrong way because the world is louder than the Bible. How is the word louder than the Bible? Because you are on your phone most of the time than you're on your Bible. You are listening to those worldly songs, rap music, hip-hop, whatever. I know rap is hip-hop, right? But all those songs, all the worldly songs, the suggestions, you listen to them more than you listen to God's word. How are you to win? So now we're all viewing sex as a, at a... At at a certain thing in a certain manner which is how the world tells us to to approach sex and to see and view ourselves and we think we think sex is everything well at least this culture it's a very sexualized culture that if you are a virgin you are boring and stupid and don't know any better if you are saving yourself for marriage you are stupid and if you're going to get married, why get married? That's just a piece of paper. What's the difference? There's more benefits for you guys if you are not married. She can keep her own insurance, and you can keep your own, and you guys will file different taxes, benefits all over, better. Now, here's, here's from uh, Marypedia, mariepedia.org. It says, pornography changes the habits of the mind, the inner private self. Its use can easily become habitual, which in turn leads to desensitization, boredom, distorted views of reality, and an objection, objectification of women. There are also numerous clinical consequences to pornography use, including increased risk for significant physical and mental health problems, and a greater likelihood of committing a sex-based crime. See, if you think what you're doing is innocent, you're doing it in your own time, and it's private, you're not hurting anybody, you're wrong. You're first hurting yourself. Sexual, the sin of sexual immorality is you're hurting yourself first. Now, I think I have it here. There's more truths here. Here. Effect on the mind. Pornography significantly distorts attitudes, perceptions about the nature of intercourse, of sexual intercourse. Men who habitually look at pornography have a higher tolerance for abnormal sexual behaviors, sexual aggression, promiscuity, and even rape. In addition, men begin to view women and even children as quote-unquote sex objects, commodities, or instruments for their pleasure, not as persons with their own inherent dignity. Now, I, I know we have men spelled out here, but women, make no mistake about it, if you're in pornography, they're also, they're also talking about you. Now, effect on the body. Pornography is very addictive. 
The addictive aspect of pornography has a biological substrate with dopamine hormone release acting as one of the mechanisms for forming the transmission pathway to pleasure centers of the brain. That's why it's addicting. It makes us feel good. Also, the increased sexual permissiveness in, engendered by pornography increases the risk of contracting a sexually transmitted disease or of being an unwitting parent in an out-of-wedlock pregnancy. Then it'll come another problem. All of a sudden, you were just partying, and now you're a mom, and you're a dad at 15. Right? And then, effect on the heart. Pornography affects people's emotional lives. Married men who are involved in pornography feel less satisfied with their marital sexual relations and less emotionally attached to their wives. Women married to men with a pornography addiction report feelings of betrayal, mistrust, and anger. Pornographic use may lead to infidelity and even divorce. Adolescents who view pornography feel shame, diminished self-confidence, and sexual uncertainty. I know, we should just end now. This is so uncomfortable. Should we just close in prayer? No, there's, there's so much, right? There's, it hurts. If you're still in this, it hurts because for you to find out that what you thought you're not hurting anybody and then you find out you're hurting yourself first and foremost, it hurts. And some of us, we don't like it when the truth comes. I've heard of married people saying, oh, I gave in to the porn because it, I want to save our marriage. But then, you know, maybe months or maybe years later, cheating happens. Because then it becomes a sport. It's not how God designed it. So, church, and, and, and then for the single people here, if you are taking pride to be single, praise God. Because the Bible says if you are designed, if God has planned for you to be single, then be single. But you are not exempted from this. If you are doing this, if you are watching pornography so that you can, you can keep away from ma being married, then the Bible says if you cannot control the urges in, by, in your loins, you might as well get married. But some of us, we'd rather not get married because there's a lot of commitment. And, it, and, it, if, and it, it is a big mistake if you are going to get married because of sex, right? That, that is also wrong, but at the same time, you're sinning if you're committing this. And if you're, if you're having sex outside marriage, that is also wrong. And if you are a Christian, and if you are exercising this and practicing this, I hope that the Holy Spirit is, 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 is gently reminding you or loudly reminding you that this should no longer be the case for you. Next, Luke 12, 15 to 21. Speaking to the people, Jesus continued, Be alert and guard your heart from greed and from always wishing for what you don't have. For your life can never be measured by the amount of the things you possess. Jesus then gave this illustration, a wealthy landowner had a farm that produced bumper crops. Crops. Every year the harvest was so great it filled his barns to overflowing. 
he thought, what should I do now that every barn is full and I have nowhere else to store more? I know. I know what I'll do. I'll tear, I'll tear down the barns and build one massive barn to hold all my grain and goods. Then I can just sit back surrounded with comfort and ease. I'll enjoy life with no worries at all. Verse 20, God said to him, What a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. This very night, the messengers of death will demand to take your life. Then who will get all the wealth you have stored up for yourself? The same thing will happen to, those, to all those who fill up their lives with everything but God. The other thing that we're going to be discussing is greed. The greed part. The one thing that keeps us serve, from serving God, it, the other thing is, is greed. The one thing to, to have more money because we want to buy another car. We want to buy a new car. We want to have that next trip. We want to have so on and so forth that's preventing us from moving forward with God. Same with sexual immorality. You can't have enough. That's greed. You can also be greedy with sex. You already have a wife who loves you, a husband that loves you, but you're greedy, so you want another one. And here particularly is about finances. You not wanting to share and your heart is completely focused on just making money, not serving God. He focused on retirement. He said, oh, I'll know what I'll do. I'll relax, retire, buy an island, live happily ever after. And then what did God say? You fool. This very night, your life will be taken away from you. At the end of the day, it's really all about our hearts, correct? Now, this is not to say that those of you who are making a lot of money at your work or your business, doesn't mean that that's wrong. It means, is, what it means is this. Um, oh, that's the next verse. <laughs> it's this one. In 1 John 2.16, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And in Ecclesiastes 5.10, it reads, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. And in Hebrews 13.5, reads, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. It's the love of money that is wrong. The greediness will show forth because your idol is money. These two things are actually idols for a lot of us, a lot of the world. Without sex, they will not be, move forward with their lives. They cannot move forward. They have to have sex with someone or they have to watch their porn to get them going. And then the others is like, I need more money. They can never have enough. Because the world tells us you don't have enough. You don't have the latest iPhone. Who has the latest iPhone here? You wait two, two weeks for on the next release, I guess. And you won't have the latest iPhone anymore. Right? Who has the latest car? The next release, you won't have the latest car. It continues. Right? Even our style. Your clothing. 
If you go with the trend, you'll be out of style on the next trend. So the key is stay on basics. <laughs> stay basic, which is an insult these days I heard. Oh, she's so basic or he's so basic. Basic is the key. <laughs> Trying to save myself with some shopping money here. No, no, no. But but this is this is. There's idols, right? An idol is anything that we put above God. And how do we know that it's an idol? When we violate a clear command from God, and then we still do it. That's what an idol is. God says. Be free from the love of money. And look at, isn't it interesting in Hebrews 13.5 on how the writer ends that, saying, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Because the ultimate blessing for a Christian should be who? God. God himself should be our greatest blessing. God, us having God as our Savior should be the ultimate blessing. No, but not, not everybody thinks that way. We want, in addition to God, I want to retire in the Philippines. In addition to God, I want a happy life. In addition to God, I want a bigger house. In addition to God, but then God says, be, be content. So the other thing is contentment is from God. So with your sexual life, with or without being married or not being married, you should be content with your life. You have to find contentment from God because the contentment only comes from Him. And then the other verse here, and then Solomon, right? Solomon, who, 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 garnered, who garnered so many things. Riches, number one. He says, whoever loves money never has enough. Take it from this guy. He made a lot of money. Up to now, no one can match the money that Solomon made. Take it from him. You will never have enough because it's your heart that's a problem. It's our heart that's a problem. Remember the story about the brother and sister? The brother saw the big bag of candy that his sister got, right? And then, and then the sister... This is, and he said, hey, sis, I want some of your candies. So the sister said, uh, okay, but I want half of your marbles. Remember this? And then they said, all right, let, let's, let's, let's split half, 50-50. 50% of your candy, or 100%, no, let's change, let's trade. They traded. But the boy, his name's Bong, he kept four. <laughs> he kept four of his favorite marbles. He took it. And then when he was sleeping at night, he was bothered, he couldn't sleep. He said, I wonder if she gave me all her candies. Because he kept four. So now he's thinking she probably did the same thing. See, it's, there's no contentment. It's really our own heart. Whether it's a million dollars, whether it's a hundred dollars, it's your heart. It's your heart. To whom is your heart leaning on? Or relying on? To whom is your life relying on? Is it on your money or is it on God? So it goes to show too on your tithing. Your tithing also reflects here. Your heart will show, your tithing reflects your heart. 
if you have let go of your idol, which is your money, you can see it on your year-end report. <laughs> That's your report card to God. Have I been giving faithfully to Him? And then you will see, I don't know about you, but I always see that I can never outgive God. At the end of the day, that report, I look at the report, I'm like, wow, God gave me more than that. And I only gave Him that back. Next one, who and why. Now, there's three sets of who and why on the verses that we read. On verse 5, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, these people that are practicing these things have no remorse so there's two sets of people that are doing this. The, I'm talking about the first set. The first set is the, the non-Christians. The non-Christians, they could care less about what we're studying right now. They're like, dude, you want, you want your life to be boring? Go ahead. That's on you. But I'm not going to get married because I love sex. And I heard people who are, who are married have less sex. You can never be more wrong. Because statistics show that married people have more sex the unmarried people. But at the same time, but at the same time, you have to be, as a Christian, you have to see that you are created in God's image. And so is your partner. And you have to see that your marriage is uh, ordained by God. And then sex is created by God. See, it's, it's different. The world has, has colored that differently. Right? That's why there's more excitement on stolen water. The, the verse says, right? Stolen water is sweeter. That's what it says. Everything that's bad is, is better. Chicharon, better. Baguong, better. Right? Anything that's bad for us in our body seems to be better. But the Bible says that how God has designed it is sex is from me, God speaking, and it has to be exercised through marriage with the partner that I'm going to give you. Now, that partner must be a Christian too. Now, I will tackle this on the next part. That's my third part of this one, but I just wanted to give you that a little bit. Again, idolatry is putting someone or something ahead or above God Almighty. There is, therefore, idolatry Therefore, it is idolatry to continue to satisfy one's desire over God's desire and design for you. Amen? Does that make sense? It's idolatry. You're making yourself the idol of your life. You're making yourself the God of your life if you intentionally and clearly and blatantly violating God's command to you. That's the clear part. That's the first set. Now, the second set of people that, violate, that does this is in 1 Timothy 5.2. Treat older women as you would your mother and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sister. Right? If you, if you have to view every, anybody, the way we have to see each other here at church is that we're family. 
the women I see as my sisters, the older women I see as my mom, as, as like my mother, right? And, and you see me as your, as your younger brother. <laughs> Fine, your Lolo, right? You have, you have to view it that way, it, as a family. That's how we will remove the, the, what the world tries to curse us with. Because the world has, the world has, has, has propagated the, the entire, everybody, they have picture, made us picture sex differently. And we have objectified, if you watch porn or are watching porn, you cannot help but to have that set of, that kind of thinking. You're going to objectify the other person. And that should not be the case for us Christians. I know this is not a devotional thing. This is not something you can share on Facebook and say, hey, listen to this. Maybe you can accept Jesus. <laughs> this is hard. This is difficult. This is a difficult uh, topic, but we have to see it. Christians, if Paul, if God through Paul reminded the Ephesian church of the same practice, our world is similar to Ephesus before, right? The world has perverted sex, right? It's, 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 it's the truth. And this is the third set of who and why. In verse 3, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because there are, these are improper for God's holy people. If you are God's people, that's improper for you. That's improper for us to even talk about. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, it reads, Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the Spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer, for the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. You were God's expensive purchase, paid for with tears of blood. So by all means then, use your body to bring glory to God. Yeah, see, it's, it's one thing how the world has told us to look at ourselves. Get buff, try to get a lot of girls, get sexy, get a lot of boys, right? It's, it, that's, what, that's what the world tells us to do, what to do. But the, what the Bible tells us is you are a temple or the temple of the Holy Spirit. You were purchased, you were a very expensive purchase. So if you were to violate another Christian, you have to view, if you're not viewing yourself as a temple of the Holy Spirit, view them as the temple of the Holy Spirit. We were all created in God's image. Right? So it, this is good to memorize. Recite it to yourself. Help somebody out who you know is struggling. Because the enemy, the enemy controls the world. Amen? The enemy controls the world. You'll be surprised how Disney, right? I mean, you probably already know. Disney is, 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 has given the thumbs up to homosexuality. They have shows where there's a lesbian who's the star. 
You guys are laughing. Did I say it wrong? Did I say it wrong? It's, I mean, there are, are gay people, right? They're, it's acceptable for them now. And the, and the Bible tells us that's, that's not the case. That should not be the case. I mean, if you're raising kids right now, I don't know if you... Maybe it wasn't easier for, you, for, for the older folks. Maybe it wasn't easier for you guys. I know it wasn't easy for my mom. But it's so much harder now. Because the cell phones, they can access, the children can access anything at any given time. There's more statistics here where it says uh, certain, certain uh, websites that, that uh, gives out porn, their people, they get visits at 3 a.m. That's the, that's the largest traffic that they get at 3 a.m. And they have statistics that shows too at 3 p.m., so it's, it's being said that when the kids get out of school, that's the 3 p.m. And then the married people, when their spouse is sleeping, that's the 3 a.m. <laughs> that's true. That's a real statistic. So it's the enemy is out there to get us. Us Christians, we don't lose our salvation, but we lose our joy when we fall. The enemy continues to fight against God. And the world, the world continues to fight against God's people. And the world continues to propagate the world with lies. Lies about sex. Lies about you don't have enough or you are not enough. Men, uh, for, for those of you who are dating, if, if the one person, if the person that you're dating is, is making it a condition that you, either you have sex with them or not, or else you don't love them, dump that person. Dump them, even if they claim to be Christians. Actually, especially if they claim they're Christians. The enemy continues to make lies. And sadly, even churches and believers, in regards to greediness for money, there are churches that, that announces money that, that spreads money, right? Uh, name it, claim it, the uh, gospel. And they focus on making money rather than sharing the gospel. There are churches that are okay with sexual immorality, uh, with homosexuality. They, uh, a Lutheran church have ordained their first transgender pastor. It's all over the news. God, the creator of the universe, created man and woman, designed sex to be beautiful within the covenant of marriage. Within the covenant of marriage. Now we should view our bodies and one another as a temple of the Holy Spirit, as God said through Paul to Timothy. Now here's an application. The next verse, please. There you go. Thank you. Matthew twenty-two nineteen and 21. Show me on one of the Roman coins. When, when Jesus was asked, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And then Jesus said, show me one of the Roman coins. So they brought him a silver coin used to pay the tax. Now tell me whose head is on the coin and whose inscription is stamped on it. And they responded, Caesar's. Jesus said, precisely for the coin bears the image of the emperor Caesar. Well then, you should pay the emperor what is due to the emperor. 
but because you bear the image of God, give back to God all that belongs to Him. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to the Lord's the Lord's. So if you are claiming to be a Christian, you are to give your whole life to Him. Not part of your life. Your whole life to Him. And most of the time, giving our whole life to God means denying a lot of what we want. Because unfortunately, we still live in this flesh. A lot of this flesh still wants the fleshly desires. Sex, money, fame, everything that can derail us from God and following God, our body still wants that. So how do we live for God? We deny ourselves. Take up our cross daily and follow Him. Christianity has a lot to do with denying ourselves because ourselves have to do a lot with still fleshly desires. This body is still very much sinful. But the Spirit that lives in us tells us to live a holy life for God. With any creation, man's or God's creation, the person who designed it has determined how the functionality is and what are the other things that will be compatible to it for better or optimal result and the most satisfying result. It's the same thing with God. It's God who created us. It is God who created sex. And His desire is that we will be fulfilled, we will be satisfied with sex and with our body, with His creation in marriage. In marriage. And the blessings of us making money or investing, it's designed if we are not going to be in love with the money, but more in love more with God. That should be how a believer should view his life or her life now. Paul reminds the Ephesian church, the Ephesian Christians, during his time that they are no longer to live, live and to speak the way they used to when they were unbelievers. And he was very specific on how they should be treating sex no longer the way they used to. God, through Paul, tells us these things and reminds us these things as well as in order for us so that we will live for him so that our lives, as He designed it, will be lived with full satisfaction. For us who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, we are completely and utterly incompatible with the world and everything that the world tells us. We are incompatible with them. So stop trying to fit in with the world. You are to be incompatible with them. We should be abnormal. That's what they should see us. You're not normal. And you say, praise God. Right? You know, you'll be happy that that's the last one. That's our close. That's our message tonight. And then the next time I'm going to be tackling um, the other part when, when Paul said, have nothing to do with them. That's going to be our next message. Thank you for your patience. I pray, I pray with the help of the Holy Spirit that as heavy as this truth is or this message that we have heard, I pray that God will illuminate 
our minds and clear our eyes on how we should really view sexuality, our, sex, our, 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 our bodies and what sex is, and how we should view marriage in a different manner too. I know that's somehow another topic, but it's within the topic. Folks, if you are married, God has blessed you. God has blessed you a partner. Blessed is the man who has given a wife. Amen? Amen. Amen. There you go. I like that. There I go. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message. We thank you for the truth that uh, you've revealed to us. Uh, very uncomfortable, Lord God, but we know, Father, that your Holy Spirit will be the one to give us clarity. Um, forgive, us, Lord, for, forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins, for the many times that we have viewed sex in a different way, in a sinful way, Lord God. We are grateful for everything that you have uh, revealed to us today. We pray now, Lord, for your help that we'll be able to obey it, live it, and, and be a testimony to our friends and family who are not Christians yet. Forgive us, Lord, for our sins and many times that we've failed. Father, we pray now for blessings for those who have been following you and been denying themselves clear a, a lot of times just so they can be a great testimony for you, so that they can be a pleasing aroma to you. I pray for blessings for them. I pray for those who are praying for a partner, Father God. I pray that you will give them your best. And I pray, Father, for healing for those who have been hurt with broken relationships. I pray for restoration for their hearts and their minds and their, so that they will be willing to jump into uh, the relationship that you want for them. I pray for wisdom for all of us, Lord God, that we will live our lives for you. We ask all these things in the holy and mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Let's all rise for the closing.